Hello and welcome back to Radiant Health. This is episode seven and I have some exciting updates. For one, Radiant Health is getting a little audio boost. After this episode, I have a little bit of a better recording and audio system. So hopefully it'll sound a little bit better and smoother in your AirPods. In addition, I have some exciting guests and meeting with future guests lined up. I have some dietitians, some health coaches, some fitness coaches. So I'm really looking forward to those conversations and some of the topics that we'll cover together. I think it's kind of nice to keep a balance of those longer, more informative episodes with also some short conversational episodes because you might only have five or six minutes to listen to something and hopefully it still provides some good information or inspiration. So on that note, the title of episode number seven is the greatest project that you'll ever work on. And spoiler alert, it is yourself. So we are going to talk about the science of self-care and why self-care is actually the most unselfish thing that you could do. Self-care has almost become trendy. And so we're not going to talk about bubble baths and face masks and self-care Sunday stuff. All those are really great tools for relaxation and rest and restoration. And those are some of the pillars of self-care that we will discuss. But I want to get into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty stuff in regards to self-care. One of my favorite analogies that sums up self-care really well is the oxygen mask analogy. And you've probably heard it before, but essentially, you know, when you travel on an airplane, if there is an incident of low cabin pressure, the flight attendant will tell you how you should put your own oxygen mask on first before helping those around you. And in summary, what we're saying here is if you don't have your own oxygen, you won't be able to help those people first. So you got to take care of yourself first. So I had heard this. I had a nursing school professor. This was her favorite quote. She loved to tell us about it. And then I really, really understood the gravity of this analogy when I was a year one nurse in the hospital. I'm not talking about even the patients. Obviously, when we were dealing with sick patients who had, um, you know, a plethora of comorbidities, obviously, we were always trying to educate the patients on health and wellness things and things outside of the hospital that would help them recover and prevent further disease, illness and sickness. But actually, when I started becoming extremely passionate about self-care, it was because of my coworkers. So you have to account for the fact that this was during COVID, so the heat of it. So things and stress levels were a lot higher than normal, but it was really obvious that these health habits and these lack of self-care and self-respect in some incidences had been going on and has been going on for years and years. And some examples of things that were considered normal would be getting three hours of sleep and drinking a Red Bull in between shifts to stay awake. That's not normal. That's not good for your health. And that's really not safe practice in taking care of patients. I don't want to dwell too much on the negative things that I saw, but I think it's important for you to know why I care so much about it and kind of give you some perspective on things that do go on in healthcare as providers. And I think that it's important and applicable to anyone in any stage of life in any position. I also want to add that since COVID, I think we've had some amazing progress in having more resources for both mental and physical health for providers. And so that has been an extreme major positive of COVID-19, which was having more positive, again, resources for providers, for patients, and just talking about mental health more. But in addition to the overworking, the lack of sleep, and the lack of stress coping tools that I saw, there were just some really, really gnarly effects that I saw on my coworkers' health. And the irony of it is that it was their health when we are here to work on the health of others. So how can we work on improving the health of others if we ourselves are unhealthy mentally and physically? 
another super common normal thing was skipping lunch break and fasting, intermittent fasting is a whole health tool, which we can talk about in another episode, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about straight up 12 hours of working on your feet and not eating anything because it's cool to skip your lunch and it's cool to work that hard. It's cool to work over hours and it's cool to literally work yourself to death. With all that being said, these were desperate, really unnavigated times. This is unusual. This is a historic event in history as far as healthcare goes. But in times like that, we need our healthcare providers working at their absolute optimal. We need people on their game and you can't be on your best game with no sleep and no fuel. So enough of the hospital talk. I just wanted you to know more about that kind of when it hit me in the face moment about how crucial that self-care is to our overall health and to how we function as a member of society, as a family member, as a friend, and as providers. From a physical health perspective, self-care has been clinically proven to reduce heart disease, stroke, and cancer. So how can we not talk about it and how to optimize self-care as a practice that we do every day for the rest of our life? Here is some really good news in this department. The wellness sector is set to boom in 2023 as more people are continuing to prioritize their health and wellness in their lives in the aftermath of the pandemic. I think and I hope that we're going to continue to see trends in this direction. And so let's talk a little bit about what more of that nitty gritty self-care can look like. A lot of sources will recognize seven pillars of self-care, which is mental, emotional, physical, environmental, spiritual, recreational, and social. If we're going to start with the basics, which is always good, then movement or exercise, good nutrition, relaxation, and sleep are kind of just those foundational, what you need to live kind of concepts. But those seven pillars that include that mental, emotional, environmental, those extra components are what take these self-care acts to the next level. So let's walk through all seven of them and doing every single one of them in one singular day. And let's make it super simple so that it makes sense and so that it feels attainable. So number one, the mental component of self-care. So what can you do to give yourself a mental break during the day or even start your day a little bit more positively? A lot of people like the idea of not waking up and going straight to the phone. So maybe waking up and doing some sort of gratitude journal. You've heard all that before, but waking up and setting your positive mind work for the day. Emotional, how can you check in at least with your emotions for that state of mind? Everyone's going to be different on every single day. Do you have heavy stuff going on? Do you have light, happy stuff going on? Just kind of, it doesn't even need to be an act. It's just a mental check-in. And if you do regular therapy, which I think is an amazing tool for health, um, obviously mental health, but in so many other ways. And I am excited to do a podcast, maybe even bring a guest on in that department. Physical health, this one we think of a lot, but this is going to be not as simple as just exercise because it might need to be a day where for self-care purposes, you need to take a rest day. Have you been overworking yourself? Are you tired? Is your body asking for rest? Or do you need a little bit more of a kick in the ass to get outside or go to a workout class? So this is where this is cool because this journey of self-care, you're going to be getting to know yourself more and getting to know more what you need on certain days. And this is that physical component of self-care. Staying with that physical component, I think one of the highest ultimate forms of self-care that you can do for yourself is actually meal prep, is cooking meals at home for yourself, for your family, for your significant other. I think that that is truly a form of self-respect it's investing in your own health and it's spending time again with the ultimate self-respect to provide good fuel for your body which is to me a really excellent form of self-care the next pillar is spiritual and we don't need to get into what each person believes it's going to be so different for everyone but you know what that means for you and 
doing something that at least takes into account something that makes you feel alive. Um, it sounds so dramatic and lofty, but truly just something to think about on the seven pillars of self-care each day is what are those things that make you feel alive and connected with the world around you and how can you fit in something during the day that makes you feel more connected in that way. So we're about halfway through the seven pillars of self-care and you're probably thinking, I have no time in my day to do these things. Well, that's actually one of the issues I'm talking about is the fact that we're not even, we're thinking of these for one as taking too much time. We're thinking of them as tasks, as things to do, but rather I'm suggesting that we build them into our days so that they're not a, if I'm going to do this thing today, it's just a, what time do I do this and how do I do it? You've probably seen somewhere on social media, you know, that person that talks about their morning routine, they do like 10 things in the morning. And that's pretty impressive. You know, if, if you have time to do some things like that in the morning, especially if you have kids, you can get up and do one thing for yourself before your kids wake up. That's There's a lot to be said for that. And that is another one of those ultimate forms of self-respect and self-care. But like I've said with all other aspects of health and wellness tools, if it's not something that you can feasibly and reasonably do every single day, it's not going to be something that provides long-term consistent results. So don't complicate it. Don't be too hard on yourself. Just consider it. And that's really all this conversation is, is just walking you through those seven things in consideration. Even if it's just a thought that crosses your mind a little bit more the rest of this week, then hopefully that makes you feel a little bit more connected with yourself and how you are taking care of yourself to promote your overall health. The last two pillars are recreational and social. And these two go together pretty well, but recreational is doing something fun that you enjoy and remembering not to take things so seriously. Your workout can be your recreational thing. Your workout can be going and playing soccer like you did when you were a kid in the park, or it can be getting some sort of movement or dancing if that's your kind of thing. The last pillar is social. And this is super important because your environment, your community, who you surround yourself with is extremely important to your health and probably more than people even think. So social self-care can look like going and doing something fun with your good friends, but it can also look like knowing when you need a break from social. If you have a job that is super people dependent you're in front of people all day long maybe you need some alone time for yourself so that goes over all of those seven pillars and i think that's just a good way to walk through it because it's kind of like a little checklist you can kind of do a little seven pillar of self-care checklist really briefly each day that'll take 30 seconds to think through each component and how you're doing on each one it's almost like when you think of the gauges in your car and it kind of tells you how things are looking, what the levels are and what you might need to check up or tune up. I want to end the podcast by saying that everyone's going to Europe. (laughs) I'm saying that because you probably know someone that's gone to Europe this summer. It's a popular travel destination. It always has been and always will be. But here's what's super interesting and why I bring it up. People report happier moods. They report losing weight after they're going on these European vacations. So what are we doing differently? And yes, you're on vacation, but let's talk a little bit more specifically about Europe versus the US. In general, I also want to say that taking a break or vacation increases employees' emotional abilities and even just the anticipation of a vacation has an overall positive impact on our mood and on our health. So there's that. And I'm not saying you need to go try to book a European vacation. I'm just saying consider taking a break. In fact, 705 million vacation days go unused in the United States every year. So that kind of shows you that It's not really something that we're prioritizing per se. So why do I bring up Europe? And I'm not comparing healthcare systems. The purpose of that is to talk about the actual comparison in lifestyle. And I'm talking about the very basics. So the basics that they walk more, they eat more real food. They prioritize a little bit more time for rest in certain areas. 
And so I just think it's really cool how we can compare ourselves to geographically different locations and kind of take little tips here and there and see how we can kind of slow ourselves down, do a little bit of self-reflection and see how the environment and the actual country that we live in can affect our overall attitudes and what we think that true health and wellness and self-care is. And going even deeper than that, of course, you have the country you live in, you have the state, you have the city, and then you have your little micro environments and your little micro subset groups of people that you surround yourself with. So that's another form of nitty gritty self-care is taking a step back and looking at that stuff. Is my work environment positive? Is my home environment positive? Do I have a social environment that is contributing to my self-care or is it taking from it? And here's the powerful part about that is when you start to consider each of those things and you start to feel like you have control over them or at least realize and the first step is acknowledging them and how you might be able to change some of those things to where they serve you better. This is where your self-care takes it to the new level and you're really reaching that new level of one, getting to know yourself better, two, creating a healthier, better version of yourself, and then three, you are quite literally making an impact not only on your health right now, but actually the amount of years and the quality of the years that you'll live. And that sounds so dramatic, but this is that concept of overall radiant health that I created this podcast about, which is taking into consideration all facets, all aspects that affect our health and our well-being because it's not just lab results and it's not just medications. It is truly whole body, whole mind, whole soul health that contributes to living your best life for as long as you can while enjoying spending time with those around you. I hope you got something out of this little conversational episode on self-care and yourself being the greatest project that you could ever work on. These early episodes, I hope, are setting the stage for the more intricate and detailed conversations that I'm looking forward to having with other professionals in the industry, friends, and professionals across other industries. And so I hope through these little conversations that you're gauging an idea of what the concept of radiant health is and what all these things that I believe to be so important to overall health, all the things that we want to consider. I hope that this is starting to form what makes sense to you as radiant health. And I look forward to the ongoing conversations. As always, please continue to give me feedback. Let me know what topics you want to hear about. And we'll have some exciting guests and conversations coming up soon on radiant health.